It's Monday, February 7th, and this is Good Will Talk Daily. Well, I hope you had a wonderful weekend this weekend, spending some time with some friends, with some family, spending time in worship. I I pray that our time in the Gospel of Mark together on Sundays has been really encouraging to you, life-giving to you. Even a difficult passage like yesterday's passage in uh, the news of John the Baptist's death and, and what happens around John the Baptist's death. It's remarkable to me the way God can take these difficult passages and use them to really impact people's lives. I pray that you were impacted yesterday by the Spirit through the preaching of the Word, through worship, through fellowship with the saints, uh, spending some time just enjoying being with one another. So I hope you were able to take advantage of that this weekend. Today, we start the week by actually finishing a sentence that we've been looking at for two weeks now. How incredible is it that it has taken us this long to get through one sentence in Paul. But Paul likes his long sentences. He stitches phrases together. He uses sentences to build idea on top of idea on top of idea. And so now we finally get to the end of the sentence and we realize that he has been giving all of this information about the gospel, all of this information about his own call as an apostle and a herald and a teacher, He's been giving all this information to explain to Timothy why he's in the situation that he's in. Let's read together this sentence. It's going to be the last time we read this sentence together, so I hope that you enjoy it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through the beginning of 12. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. That's how he ends the sentence. This is why I suffer as I do. I am suffering because of the gospel. Now, there's a couple different directions that we can um, view this from. We can see this as a reference to his persecution. He has been preaching the gospel, declaring that Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of God. And in doing so, he is running afoul of the Roman pantheon. The Romans believe that there are many gods, and these gods look kindly upon Rome and give Rome its power. And so as Paul goes around preaching another god, what the Romans initially try to do is just fold that god into the pantheon and say, all right, cool, we'll just add Jesus to our collection. But Paul was unwilling to allow that to happen. Jesus is not just one God to add to a collection of many gods, but he is the one true God. He shares his glory with no other. He's not willing to just be one of many. He is the only. There will be no other gods before him. He is the one true God. And so, Paul's preaching of Jesus Christ is a direct threat 
to the source of Rome's power, their gods. They believe that they are destined by the gods to rule. And if there is another god, another ruler who refuses to share his glory with the Roman pantheon, then he is a threat and its preachers are a threat. This God's preachers are a threat, therefore Paul must go to prison. You see how it works? Paul's preaching about a God who could overcome death itself, about Jesus Christ, a Savior, who is the true King of kings and Lord of lords, not, not Nero, who is the emperor at the time. That is a direct threat to the Roman power structure. And therefore, it is no shock to me that Paul and around this time, Peter as well, find themselves in prison. And within a year or so of one another, both Paul and Peter will be executed by the Romans as Nero begins to ramp up his campaign of violence and bloodshed against the Christian church. So Paul is saying, listen, this message is why I'm suffering. But he's also saying this, this message is worth suffering for. It's worth suffering for. I am suffering because it's worth it. Jesus has destroyed death. And the gospel brings life and immortality to light. And God himself has appointed me to be a herald and an apostle and a teacher. Why in the world would I turn back from that just because suffering comes my way? I am willing to suffer for the gospel because it's worth it. It is that beautiful. It is that majestic. It is the message of salvation to all who would believe, Jew and Gentile alike. These are the words of life. Where else would we go? That's how Peter would put it. A little bit of suffering now. Jesus has destroyed death. I can endure the suffering for a moment because of the glory that is before me. I will be poured out as a drink offering, but I will receive the crown of glory. Paul is willing to suffer because the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, of another kingdom that is greater than Rome could possibly imagine, a kingdom greater than any kingdom that we could possibly imagine, that message is worth suffering and even dying for. Because we know we can't actually die. Though they may kill the body, we serve the one who gives life to the soul. And if he gives life to the soul, then that means he will also give life again to our mortal bodies, making them immortal bodies, and we will live with Christ for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. This is all part of that message of the gospel, so we're willing to suffer for it. And yet, I am so convicted by this because I'm not willing to be uncomfortable for the gospel, not most of the time, not if I'm honest. Suffer for the gospel. I, I don't even like being uncomfortable. I shrink back when the gospel and its demands on my life make me uncomfortable. God, would you help me not to shrink back? Maybe you can hear yourself in that a little bit too. 
Are does the gospel make you uncomfortable at times? Does the gospel and its demands on your life make you shrink back? Because the demands can be heavy. To declare the gospel without shame, well, that will strain some relationships. That will make us feel weird to those around us. And here's the thing. If we cannot learn how to be uncomfortable with the demands of the gospel today, then when persecution comes in the future, and it will come, then how many of us will fall away? Oh, we must learn now. We must learn now to suffer in small ways so that when the greater suffering comes, we do not shrink back. Brothers and sisters, we have lived a life of uh, comfort and privilege as Christians in the United States for a long time. That is not guaranteed. In fact, God builds his church ordinarily through the suffering of his saints. Are we willing to suffer for the gospel? Well, we practice that now. We put ourselves in situations where declaring the gospel requires risk and being uncomfortable. If we do so, if we are faithful with little, then perhaps the Lord will deem us faithful with much. Let's pray. God, we are amazed by Paul's statement. The gospel is worth suffering for, and yet we're also convicted by it. And we recognize how often we shrink back, how willing we are to step away from the suffering, step away from the risk, the uncomfortability that the gospel brings. Help us, Jesus. Help us not to step away, but to keep pressing forward as your people faithfully. It requires your help, Holy Spirit. We can't do it in our own strength. Prepare us, Lord, to suffer in the small ways now that we might suffer when great suffering comes our way without shrinking back, but embracing the suffering for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. I know this is kind of a heavy way to start, but please know the gospel is always worth it. See you again tomorrow for another episode of Goodwill Talk Daily.